could there not be professional envy and jealousy between Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior? Ultimate Warrior was designed to replace Hulk Hogan. Hogan was an American hero, but I'm Canadian. I'm from a ethnic background that's not really, I don't know, conducive to having Hulk Hogan as my hero. And so <laughs> I was never big on the Hogan phenomenon as well. But like, where do you remember seeing Hogan for the first time? Like, did you see him in the Rocky movie or was it AWA? Where were you guys exposed to him for the first time? See, I definitely saw clips of him beating the Sheik. Like, I, I know specifically I saw that, but mm-hmm. I hated that dude. I don't know if it was because I was into heels, but, like, that whole thing that every time I knew somebody was about to beat him and then he was just going <laughs> to turn around and beat right. people, yeah. fucking hit it. It drove oh, me crazy. How about you, Mike? What do you remember about yeah. the first time? Yeah, Mine was the Sheik, too. Like, I remember seeing, like, some AWA stuff and, and other stuff after that, but I... I really remember the, him beating the Sheik. I, you guys, I couldn't stand them either. You guys had AWA coverage in Buffalo? Yeah, yeah. It was on oh, yeah, local. I all the action figures. I used, to, I used to love watching the AWA. We had the NWA on every week. We had uh, 605 on TBS. We had World Class Championship Wrestling on ESPN. Mid-South, too, for a while. Mid-South for a little bit, yeah. Wow, you guys are spoiled, man. You guys are spoiled. We had that... Maple Leaf wrestling on, but at, at one time it was run by the NWA, and then for some reason, out of nowhere, the WWF just took it over, and then all the the characters and all the people were all changed, and I don't understand like where anything went. So like I remember watching and being a big fan of Jimmy Boogie Woogie Man Valiant, and then yeah. he was attacked by the assassins, and then the next week it's all WWF TV on the same program at the same time with the same branding. And I was totally confused. I was like, what is all this? The thing about the Maple Leaf wrestling was. They did stuff from Maple Leaf Gardens. That's so right. So I could right. see see stuff that I wouldn't be able to see on like superstars because back then there were no good matches. They were all just squashes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I could see like main event like Snooka Morocco in a cage on mm-hmm. Maple Leaf Wrestling from, from Maple Leaf Gardens where I right, couldn't right. see that stuff other places. You guys had a lot more exposure than I did to the stuff. The only way I got to see the guys or learn about the guys was through the Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazines. That was it. I'd like so it was all imaginative. And so you'd open up the magazine and you'd see the two guys arguing with those fake fight conversations like I'm going to kill you or like <laughs> like it was like this fake interview between the two guys like about how they hated each other. And so like the built up tension was like a lot. And so when I saw the guys, they, most of them were the shits. Yeah, but they were right. six months behind what was actually going on. Could you imagine doing that today? Oh my God! Yeah. I don't even know how they still sell magazines. You don't see them that much. On you used to see tons no. of them on the stands. Uh, they're now not you're there lucky if you see like a PWI. Oh really? Wow. They still have that 500 thing going on, right? Like the 500 guys at the end of the year. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was that was always the big addition. I always wanted to get that in my collection. But I remember Until the we first. We started finding out about more about the Japanese scene and realizing that like these guys were way better than the guys yeah. that they were putting up at the top of their list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that stuff, I think, didn't kick off until the internet really started. Like, I, you'd hear, like, a, a sprinkling of, like, a guy here or a guy there, like a Jushin Thunder Liger would come into WCW or something like that. But for the most part, we didn't know who those guys were. And I got all mine from tapes. Like, I was yeah, I was spending way too much money on VHS tapes. I was trading tapes with Rob Bob. That, <laughs> that yeah, was my connection. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> 
Jim, did you know Rob Bob? No, I didn't actually. Rob, there's this guy named Rob Bob. He introduced me and Mike actually. He looked like he should have been living in Mike's grandmother's house. Mike's grandmother used to get special government assistance for helping out, let's say, needy people. And so Rob Bob seemed like, and the craziest thing was Mike told me his sister was super hot. (laughs) Really? Rob Bob was? Yeah, you told me Rob Bob's sister was super hot. You're like, it doesn't even look like she's part of the same family. So anyways, from Canada, I remember the first thing I remember about Hogan, like the clear memory I have is about Hogan being clotheslined by Orndorff at the challenge on Saturday. Right, the turn, when he turned. Yeah, when he turned. And then he pile drove him. And then Heenan became his manager. That was like the first time. Like, I, I must have known Hogan before that. But like, that was the first time he really made an imprint on me. And not because of a good thing, like because he was getting his ass kicked. And it was great to see him get his ass kicked and not do that Hulk up thing. Yeah, right. As I was so pumped. And so I convinced my dad to buy us tickets to go watch the big event. They had this thing in the... Toronto's what's it called this Canadian National Exhibition the 60,000 people gathered and it was out in the open stadium it was a freezing cold day and my dad is like he's got his own quirks so he doesn't like staying till the end of any show because he wants to beat traffic right so and so we're watching the show and it's the main event and my dad is like with every close fall he's inching closer and closer to the exits and so there's a ref bump and then something happens and another ref or Heenan or somebody, I don't know, counts to three. So my dad starts rushing us out of the arena and I'm pumped. Orndorff won, Orndorff won. And then as we're wow. leaving the arena, I can hear the crowd like they're booing and complaining. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere on the loudspeaker announcement, Orndorff's been disqualified. So I don't even know what the hell's happened. And <laughs> I, I missed the whole thing. But like, I, I really remember that sticking in my mind about his feud with Orndorff and how great Orndorff was at that time. And if you look at the if you look at the roster, like yeah. they they really tried not at all to make any faces mm. until Savage. So right. like when Savage turned, so like you had no other upper tier. Could you imagine a federation yeah. that now that only had one face that was a viable world champion? It's well, insane. JYD and he was the worst. <laughs> you ever watch a JYD match recently? He does absolutely nothing. But he's no, so I loved Rocky Johnson though. He was one of the first guys I remember seeing. I remember seeing him in Morocco. That was one of my first matches I can remember. Like he beat Morocco and I was marked. I was going nuts. My mom was down the street walking up the street. She heard me like 10 houses down. Did you ever see those guys live? Like when you were young like that, did you ever go and watch? The first time I saw Andre was the first card I ever went to. I'd have to look it up. I want to think, I want to say it's 85. And it was the main, it was was Andre and Snuka versus Piper and Patera. And Snuka did the super fly leap off of Andre's Andre's shoulders. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was great. It was. The crowd must've been marking out like crazy. Oh, they were going bananas. They were going absolutely crazy. The craziest crowd in Buffalo I ever saw was Piper fought Santana for the for the IC title, and Piper was a heel. Right. And people people were handing out flyers mm-hmm. that said "Cheer for Piper," and it had a picture of Piper <laughs> in the intercom. So yeah. 
comes out to like mild applause and then the bagpipes hit the place explodes right and they did a they did a dusty finish where piper he checks the ref checks santana's arms three times in the sleeper and piper swings Mm -hmm. santana into the ref and he Mm -hmm. dqs he counts three and rings the bell but then he dqs piper i thought that place was gonna riot like like they were throwing chairs like they were pissed for those days like it's I don't have much memory of any crowds like being riotous or like <laughs> ruckus, right? So that's really interesting that you saw something that wild. The ECW crowds we went to were pretty wild, but they also had like they were in check a little bit. They didn't ever go out of the, control. Or the only one was when they had that Al where they gave us a mannequin hat for that was some cool. stupid reason, and we threw all the mannequin heads. Yeah. But they're just mannequin heads. It's not oh, like the chairs God. when they chairs in ECW arena. My brother still has a mannequin head on in his room on his dresser. That same mannequin head. He wouldn't throw it. He's like, now I'm going to keep it to like a keepsake. <laughs> I don't know what kind of value has a wise that. man. <laughs> well, I, who's going to buy that? Who's going to buy a mannequin head from an Al Snow show in 1994? Value is probably nothing. That reminds me. I meant, to, I meant to tell you guys this. I watched an interview with Rob Van Dam um, yesterday talking about winning the TV title in Buffalo. Yeah. And he and he said something I never knew because we went to all the shows together, right. obviously. Right. He said he said that that was the loudest Buffalo was the loudest and biggest ECW crowd during that time of ECW. And that, that kind of threw me off. I remember it being loud, but I didn't think it was that big. That arena is substantially bigger than the ECW arena. Like if you've been to the ECW arena, that thing's oh, yeah, tiny. Yeah. yeah, it's way bigger than that. So it for them, nice it must have been. Oh, really? I guess on TV, it just seemed like it was always hopping, the ECW. Yeah, yeah. It's just a closed environment, right? So it seems like yeah. it's really, really loud. But when you go there, it's a shit show. It's a dump. Yeah. I don't believe how much better it looks now. It doesn't even look like the same place. I saw oh, really? it two years ago, and it looks like a totally different place. You wouldn't believe it's the same building. Yeah. Oh, so like a whole bunch of different promotions run there now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ring of Honor still running out of there? I think Bring on a show from there coming up. I think we're doing like Death Before Dishonor or something there. The, the other thing that I want to ask you about Hogan was, was there a moment or a time in his career where you felt like, okay, like this is what he's done is like the worst thing ever. Like at that early stage, like in the early run of Hulkamania, where you're like, well, this is it. Like I've, I don't even want to watch wrestling anymore because it's that bad for me. Or was there a time where you're like, okay, this is the coolest thing he's done. Like any me- memories stick out about what he did? The coolest is when he slammed Andre. I mean, for, oh, you think for so? me. Oh, oh, I mean, joining the NWO too. But as far as a face, as far yeah, as the early face, stuff, right? Yeah, as far as a face thing, like when he slammed Andre, because you like I saw him live. Like, like in your head, you're like, even though you know, like, you, there's no way this guy's not going to blow a disc like out of his back, <laughs> like if he tries yeah. to lift this guy up, uh, and you know, and and. Pro- Ironically, the other thing is WrestleMania too, because like they built it up so much and obviously I'm young at the time, but they built it up so much that he was hurt against mm. Bundy right, and, they, right, right. and they, they bring this shitty ass cage out where oh. anybody with any size could climb right up it. And that I'm like, worst. Yeah. and I'm like, I'm done. Like, this is yeah. dumb. That was that was terrible. I remember that was awful. Why would they even use that cage? I think they couldn't use the regular cage with Bundy, right? There's no way. 
he could have gotten his foot into those thought, holes to get up. You couldn't make it believable that Bundy was going to win climbing yeah. the cage. Yeah, yeah right. Not yeah, the yeah. door, but you wanted to give both probabilities, I guess. For me, the greatest moment in the early days of Hogan, and it's not even a good thing about Hogan, but I watched a match from the Boston Garden where he was hulking up, and I loved, I was a big mark for Kamala. Mm-hmm. I was a big Kamala mark. He was so awesome. His gimmick was great. So anyways, he's hulking up, and Kamala does like that, I don't know, how do you explain it? It's like a chop, like just a vertical chop where he jumps up with both feet in the air, and he chops a guy in the top of the head. Yeah. Yeah. He chops Hogan while Hogan's doing that hulk up thing, and I guess he either got too close or he fell into Hogan a little bit and Hogan fell down on his back and he stopped the Hulk up. And I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Nice. He's going to win. He's going to win. And then he, <laughs> and he goes for the pin, gets the two, and then Hulk Hogan starts hulking up again. I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> but I saw somebody break the Hulk up once. That was That's cool. How about you, Mike? Anything? I guess the NWO thing was cool. I mean, I didn't really, it didn't really turn me over to being a Hogan fan, though. But I mean, that was probably the, the cool. I, I, Andre was good. Yeah, I think him admitting that Ric Flair was the best best wrestler was pretty cool. Even like you know the the big match with him and the Warrior, I think that was that was probably maybe one of his best. I guess the the Rock match was his best match, probably right. Yeah, I would say so too. I'd yeah, say the Rock match is his best match. in the U.S. promotions. I thought the NWO stuff later, like I thought it was well booked because I didn't see it coming. I don't think many people saw it coming because there was a lot of like yeah. talk in the sheets about it being like other people. Like totally, nobody was talking about him. And so nope. when it happened to be it's him, real. yeah, it was it just it blew my mind. And let's let's be honest, his career was done. Like yeah. he was just the token older guy they brought on. That completely revitalized yeah. his career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it made sense, right? It was true that he was the guy who was most associated with the WWF at that time, right? So it made sense for him to be that NWO leader. He's the ultimate he- hero. And- yeah. It was cool when it happened, but then afterwards, you come to, you come with the realize realization that you have to like watch him, yeah, you know, wrestle in the main event even right. more now. You know, this guy, you're never going to get enough. You're not, and, and you're not going to get anything good out of him. Yeah, they didn't need to put the belt on him. They didn't need to do all that. They just had to have that heel faction. Like they they should have did it like the way they did the NWO Japan stuff, right? Like Chono and Muda and all these guys. They create these great promos. They look menacing. They don't need to win belts. They don't have to be the the champions. They just have to be cool. Like that's what they should have done. But and and, I, I, and the Piper thing bothered me too. I'll, I'll, I'm with Jim on that. I, I love Piper and, mm-hmm. and Piper Piper not having the strap is a joke. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. how do you not give that guy the belt at least once? They threw him the U.S. title. Is that what they did? Like or whatever the Intercontinental title against? The I Bulls. saw that. I saw that in person at the Rumble with the Flair won the nice. belt. Yeah. I, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, that was great. That was awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to give you an option, A or B, and you pick one and explain why you pick it. So the option this week is Evil Ref. Or ref bump. Okay, I'll go first, and it's and it's evil ref because during the pandemic, yeah, I started watching AAA. Um, they still do that evil ref stuff from the eighties. It's still continuing in AAA. Not, it's Triantes Junior. El hijo de Triantes. It's Triantes' son, the guy that used oh to do it. God. <laughs> it's so blatant 
like in in AAA. AAA is like watching right. '80s booked WWE, like '84, '85 to '86. Like like the bad guys like do like nut shot right in front of the ref, and he doesn't do anything. Like it's I'm all I'm all about it because I'm already committed to it. How about you, Mike? Ref bump or evil ref? I like the evil ref when it be not like consistently. You know, you do it every seven, ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, you know, the ref bump's gonna it happens enough. It happens enough. Sure. Anyway. To be honest with you, the first time I saw the evil ref that I remember was Danny Davis. Yeah, Danny oh, Davis. He, he was great. He was he was great. And so I don't know if he was a worker who they put into the ref gimmick, or he was a ref who was a little bit buff, and they're like, okay, we'll train you. Because his wrestling wasn't really good. No, no. His work wasn't good, but as an evil ref, he was great. And then afterwards, after the evil ref gimmick is all over, forget about all that. <laughs> wrestling amnesia. Yeah. yeah, short-term memory. So the best ref bump I remember is the, it's not even a ref bump, I would say, but it was the twin, like Earl and Dave Hevner revealed, and Hogan throws... Like uh, I guess Earl into Andre after Dave punches or I don't know which one, which is which, but that bump where he threw him and he threw him so hard he went over Andre over DiBiase landed on the floor. That was a great bump. That was that's, the best bump. That's probably the best ref bump. Yeah. Yeah. But I yeah. prefer the evil ref. I think the ref bump is way, 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 way overdone. ECW it did much. it all the time. I feel like yeah. ECW was like almost every other week on TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. They they just killed it. Let's talk about the match this week. The match that I want to talk about is Hogan Warrior, right? So it was a big match. It happened in my hometown. I was... Uh, in grade nine when it happened. I think I'm like two years younger than you guys or a year younger. I'm a year younger than Mike, maybe two younger than Jim. Yeah. And so I was in grade, I was in grade nine and I just started to get into girls and my uncle had tickets to WrestleMania. And so he was like, I can take you if you want to go in the nosebleeds. So my brother and uh, my cousin both went and he had an extra ticket and he's like, I can take you if you want to go. And I turned it down. I was like, no, I'm going to, go hang out with my friends and girls at the shopping mall. So I went and spent the day not going to WrestleMania. And actually, I've never been to a WrestleMania. And I had a ticket in my hand, like waiting for me. And then I just I passed up the opportunity. So I have regret that I didn't go to see that match because the crowd must have been electric. So I, I was there. And this is, oh. this is a little long-winded story. But back yeah. then, kids that are listening, there was no fucking internet. So, so getting tickets was like, I'm 17. Um, I begged my buddy's dad to put them on his credit card. And then my buddy, my buddy who was two years older than me, I begged him to drive me. Wow. So, so I manipulate all these people to get to WrestleMania. And it's the only one I've been to. But I guess if you got to pick one, I mean, minus, minus the Piper stuff. But right. For a main event, it's a hard one to beat. And I, that, that was good for both of them for what they yeah. can do. That was good. Yeah, agreed. Especially agreed. being pitted against each other. That was like you, you probably you couldn't have got any more out of those two guys. No well, way. No way. A couple things, right? Like there's not like a face versus face is like unheard of at that time. Agreed. Like, yeah. Nobody's yeah, there. Yeah. And yeah. I, 
And I remember the end of that match vividly because mm-hmm. Hogan hulks up, he right. throws punches, and I stopped watching the match. <laughs> and I, I yeah. put my head down and I'm like, fuck. And all of a sudden, my buddy slaps me on the back and he's like, he's like, he missed. And I went, what? And I put my head up and I see the warrior splash him and the place goes absolutely bananas. Wow. When he pins. But like, I almost missed it. Yeah, I, I thought that the finish of the match, considering like how Hogan's matches had gone all the way from like WrestleMania 1 or 2 until this point, I, I couldn't have predicted that finish. Like I would have never predicted Warrior would have broken that Hulkamania pump up and then actually beat him after the missed leg drop. I thought that was very, very well done. Yes. Yeah, Agreed. There, well so, done. Like, I, I, think it, I think it was almost perfect. Hey, Tarek, don't feel bad. I passed on Hulk Rock to, in Toronto at WrestleMania to hang out with the girl, uh, too. So. Uh, and that's an even better match, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, that's a way better match. But at that time, I'm trying to think which girl it was. <laughs> I bet you are. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, the problem with this match that I have, the big problem with this match is, I don't think they thought much further than having the Warrior win. Agreed. Right? Like, you got, okay, you got this great finish for what they can do. The crowd is pumped. They're all hyped. And then what do you do with the Warrior next? You get him to drop it to Sergeant fucking Slaughter. <laughs> And, and, and here's here's the problem with a lot with the with the other book. Like, if you want to talk about the other booking, here's my problem: you make Kurt Henning lose to Brutus Beefcake. Yeah, yeah oh, right. That was incredible. Yeah. Move for Perfect to beat Beefcake, and then put Perfect in a program with the Warrior. <laughs> like that yeah, makes you got more... Henning and you have Rude, and you're gonna bring out like Slaughter at the end of it. Like he, he was right. done. I right. thought it was funny and I thought it was cool and I and I liked him because he beat the warrior and I always liked the heels and mm-hmm. I couldn't stand the warrior. But like, I mean, come on, Rick Rue, Kurt Heine, you got these guys like that. I thought, you know, at least there's a couple of guys on the roster that I think were deserving of a run, right? You had Rude, who, who was like the natural person to take it off of warrior. I thought that was like a no brainer. I don't know yeah, why they didn't go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I also like bad news. I thought bad news was awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I love that guy. He was terrifying. Oh, he was really terrifying. Fine, but you couldn't, but he couldn't do like everything about that. Like 50% of the, the game back then is promos, right? Right, right. Like, you couldn't do that. Yeah. And you, you, if you would have put him with somebody, maybe you could have had a, you could have had a good run with him, but right. you just left kind of floating, doing nothing. Yeah. And then you also had like the earthquake come in, but he was, he was new, but he was like seasoned, right? He had already worked in Japan. He oh, knew yeah, the yeah. game. Yeah, so Earthquake was there, and then you had DiBiase was on his way down the card. But, like, uh, you had choices, right? But I don't understand why they went with Slaughter. I would have put him in with IRS before I would have put him in with Slaughter. Yeah. Like, not yeah. Football, but at least to learn some ring skills. Like, okay, so I'm coming at it from a Canadian point of view. So you guys, I know Mike's going to agree with me. But I think the easy point about Slaughter was they aligned him with the Iron Sheik who was like with Colonel Adnan and he's suddenly like a Middle East. Yeah. (laughs) And they're suddenly best friends after having feuded for years with no reason, no rhyme. And and it also seemed like American people are so simplistic that they actually believe Slaughter has changed his allegiance 
to be friends with the Iron Sheik to be anti-American. I was like, wow, how mental do you have to be to believe that storyline? I love Slaughter, but the yeah. best part about him is that he was never in the military at all. That That's the best. <laughs> I think that's he, hilarious. Yeah, yeah you're forgetting. He was in the G.I. Joe. about his service. Not a, not as a wrestling gimmick, but as himself, as a retired professional wrestler, and talked about his service, and it was all fake. It's I think that's awesome. <laughs> and the thing the thing that completed the heel turn is putting him in the curly boots, right? Like nobody was buying it until you put Slaughter in oh, the curly yeah, boots. Right. Oh my God, he's the worst now. And that was Sheik Adnan Al Casey, right, as their manager. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Mike got a lot of him in the AWA. He was he was a good he was good on the mic. Like they wasted that yeah. guy. Yeah, I just I thought the match itself was good. The booking was kind of empty, right? Very reminiscent of like late 90s WCW booking. Like this guy beats this guy for what reason? And where do we go now? It doesn't make any sense at all. You could have had Warrior, at least if you're not going to get him to drop the title to Slaughter, even you could have run with him for a little bit. Like they only gave it to him for like seven or eight months. And I had heard there's other things in the background, though, that he was he was causing problems or something. And that's maybe yeah, why. Yeah, but I can't imagine he's any less or more difficult than Hogan was. Hogan's not jobbing to anybody for five years, refusing yeah, right. to do the job for anyone, right? Like, how much worse could it be? I, I never liked it from the start, but uh, Bud, I used to run around the house doing that thing with the ring ropes, and he used to drive me freaking nuts. <laughs> Every time he'd win, he'd run around the house doing that thing as a little kid, and it'd drive me nuts. But especially when he beat Honky. When he beat Honky, it killed it for me, because he was my, fav- my favorite. I loved Honky's line when he grabbed the mic. He goes, I love all of you, even those of you in the cheap seats. Oh, that made me pop every time. Every time. Even today, I think guys should use that. The popularity contest for him in the beginning. I remember that. That was great. I remember that. And I was there when he won the belt. Again, when he won the IC. That was was surprising. Like, you could have heard a pin drop because nobody saw it coming. Like, nobody. The dude had a super, super long run, too. It's like a year and a half, I think. I want to say a two-year run. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't think there were many guys who were challenging for that belt at that time, right? They were trying to push everybody either up or down the card. So he was like, not in limbo, but like he was just... George Steele and Savage, but get DQ'd every time. So he'd keep it and Jake the Snake. can't remember who was supposed to get that and something happened. And then Hogan, supposedly Hogan talked him into going with Honky because he was good friends with Honky. The natural... Okay, that's what Uh, I was going to say. He's great. I loved Butch Reed. I thought Butch he was great. was great. WWE guy. Like, he had so much talent. They just wait him. Yeah. I, I liked him better than Ron Simmons, to be honest with you. I thought he was oh, way, better. way better. Aesthetically, far more gifted, far more imposing, far more athletic. Yeah. Far more athletic. Yeah, yeah. Ron Simmons is just like a football guy, right? Like, he's... <laughs> that's about yeah. it. He gives you a tackle. Says, damn. My uh, stepson's got a shirt that says, damn, it's a Kendrick Lamar shirt. But every time I see it, I can't help but think. I can't help but think around Simmons. <laughs> yeah, we're all. That's okay. We can say it. Okay. So, yes, yeah, so the, the match, I think we're all in agreement. Not bad for what it was, especially for when it was. And, and for who was in it. Yeah, and for who was in it. But, like, at the end, it just it didn't pan out to go anywhere. And I think after that WrestleMania, the next WrestleMania was Hogan Slaughter. And then you have Hogan back on top until it goes to Yokozuna, right? So there's like a little bit of a time yes. gap there. And so like, it's like that time, that that booking time where Hogan dropped it and where Yokozuna came in, it was like kind of like dead space almost in WWF history. There's not a lot of good stuff going on at that time. No, it's completely wasted. And I hate to say this as a Canadian, but I don't think Brett was ready to take over the company at that time. No, I don't he think so either. Like, I think he thinks he was. 
Well, I think he, he fixed a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> but when, when he's a team Canada, that was great. That was good stuff. Yeah, that, that was, was real good stuff. That's the first time I marked out on a 10-man tag match. That was a really good, good match. Said no one ever except you. <laughs> <laughs> If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to write to us at sixmanpodcast at gmail.com. For now, it's time to tag out. <laughs>